What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 30. That's right, we are on number 30 of Life Lean In. And today, man, today is going to be a fun one because I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a huge sports fan. And today we're diving into five tips that come out of Coach K, Coach Shashevsky's retirement speech interview whatever you want to call it man we're i mean it was filled with so many just great incredible leadership nuggets from what i would call the goat right the goat is the popular phrase the greatest of all time i think coach k and what he has done at duke university their basketball program man what he did with team usa and all the success Man, it's he's just been an incredible coach, and he's coached for 41 years. Guys, I'm 41 years old, so he's been at it, man, pouring his life into young people, young men, and for so many years, and having so many, so much incredible success doing it. And so today, we're gonna show you some clips of some of the things he said because honestly, I can't just repeat it to you um, because it's so much more powerful coming for the person from the person himself. But man, the goat, Coach K, Duke University, is retiring at the end of this coming season. And so he had this press conference, and man, we're gonna show you some of the clips. But man, I I dialed in, and I I honestly, I had to like. I had to cut it back because like every word, every statement, I was like, man, that's a leadership principle. That's a leadership principle. That's something that would be phenomenal to share and, and to take note of. And so, but today for time's sake, we're going to do five. So let's jump right into it. The first thing that you're going to see from Coach K is gratitude in every opportunity. I just want to tell you, I've been a, a very lucky guy. Uh, I mean, a really lucky guy. Uh, when I was 16, I was a junior in high school and at Weber High School in Chicago, and I had a coach and then I had a teacher, Coach Ostrowski and Father Rogue, and they had such an impact on me that I knew, I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I, I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to be a teacher. And that's what I've been. Yeah, but I've been that, and I've, I've gotten some incredible, amazing opportunities. Yeah, the very first opportunity, God was good. God was really good. He gave me my mom and dad. They were really good. What an opportunity. And I've had so many opportunities, more than, more than almost anybody, I think. But it, that, was the, that was a great opportunity to grow up in the Krzyzewski family. And even though a mother with eighth grade education, a father with two years of high school, they had a belief in education and they had a belief in me. I didn't know that at that time. I felt it probably every day of my life. And so what presented the first opportunity to go to West Point, I wouldn't have taken it without their belief. 
I was afraid, and I was afraid when I was there. But their belief was always behind me. There are a lot of people who have, most of us get a certain number of opportunities. Some of us get more than others. The best opportunities are the opportunities that are backed up with belief. You know, my mom told me when I was in high school at Weber, she said, Michael, whenever she had something important, it was Michael. Michael, always be with good people. And I followed her advice my whole, whole life. And so when I was at West Point, how lucky can you get? I'm at the greatest leadership school in the world, the greatest character-building school in the world, and I'm playing for one of the greatest coaches of all time in Bob Knight. Boom, boom, boom. Those aren't punches that knock you out. Those are punches that give you that leadership, character, the knowledge of playing for you know, a brilliant, brilliant coach. How lucky can you get? I can get a lot more lucky. I get to serve in the Army, and uh, after I do my service, and the, uh, Coach Knight gives me an opportunity to go to Indiana and go to graduate school. I'm there for one year. They have one of the greatest teams of all time. I learned there. And then at 28, you think Shire's young. He's 33. I was 28, although you know, more handsome you know, at that time in my life. And, uh, in my opinion, Marcel, not in your opinion. All right. And uh, uh, the people at West Point believed in me. I got that opportunity, and as a result, we turned around a 7 and 44 program into a 73 and 59 program. And then you get lucky again. Yeah, interview for the Duke job in uh, the guy who had the most belief in me was Tom Butters. He really believed in me. And he believed in me multiple times. And he gave me this opportunity and after three years most people wanted that opportunity to go to someone else. I guess that's a nice way of saying they wanted to get rid of me. But not the guy who believed in me. Not the guy who believed in me. My opportunities were followed with belief. The best. The very best. And we started all of this all of this. And then in the mid-90s, I got extremely sick physically, emotionally, mentally, and was going to get out of coaching. He believed in me again. But there was another guy who believed in me. His name was Keith Brody. He was my second president, and I've had great presidents. Keith Brody was, in my 41 years here, was the best person I've ever known. And during that time of presidency, he believed in me. He should. We 
won a couple championships and all that. But he believed in me in one of my darkest hours for those months of rehabbing and getting better. He believed in me every day. Another opportunity. Wouldn't have taken advantage of it without belief, strong belief. Throughout the years, it was a little bit easier to believe in me. Championships, and I'm glad a lot of recruits believed in me because they made me a heck of a lot better coach. Uh, some of the great players in the history of college basketball played right here. Played right here. And every day I had an opportunity to be with the best. And I found that relationship I had with the reverse of the relationship I had with Ostrowski, Coach Ostrowski and Father Rogue. Now they believed in me. Wow. What a life. So check this out, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. He kept saying, man, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Like I'm, I'm so lucky. And how many people, man, when you've had success, have you actually looked back with gratitude, man? Maybe, maybe you have, maybe you're like, you're, you're, you're grateful, but man, what I love about coach K is his gratitude was for every opportunity. And his gratitude was towards a person multiple times where he's calling out, man, I was so grateful. What an opportunity that I was given to have had the mom and dad that I had. He shared about having a coach in junior high school, a coach and a teacher that he had such an impact on him that when he was in junior high, he knew that he wanted to be a coach and a teacher. Like they had that much impact on him that he's like, man, I want to be just like them. He talked about people that believed in him. I love that. We're going to talk about that in a second. But he said, he said this phrase, God was good. Man, he gave me the mom and dad that I have. How many of you who are watching this podcast today, again, the top leadership lessons that you can learn. The first is gratitude for every opportunity. How many of you would look back and say, man, I'm so grateful for my mom. I'm so grateful for my dad. Man, I'm grateful for that teacher, that coach in junior high. Man, they gave me this opportunity. Man, they, they poured this into me, and I'll never forget it. Man, having great influence, which is what leadership is all about, is realizing that all of the things you've been given have been opportunities. There's been people that have come and gone from your life, that have poured into your life. They've believed in you. And, and take a step back and be grateful for it and not even just be grateful for it. But man, even I encourage you today, jump on the phone, text that person, man, share something on your social media page saying, man, I am grateful for my mom in this, man. I'm grateful for my dad who did this, who spoke this into my life, man, share a story of how they impacted you. What about that teacher or that coach, that pastor? Maybe it was a mentor. He was a good friend who stepped up when it was hard. Man, gratitude is one of the greatest leadership principles that you can ever learn. Gratitude is that you're, you're taking an opportunity, you're seizing it, 
but, but being, that, being grateful that you've been given it. I love what he said. He said, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity I had to go to West Point. And he said he was, he was afraid to do it. He was afraid to, to go out into West Point, afraid of the environment, afraid of the things that would go on. He was afraid of the relationships, the hard work even. But he said his parents believed in him. His parents believed that he could do great things. And he, they sent him to West Point. And he said as a leader, man, he, his, I, I, I believe this with everything I've got, that leadership, man, gratitude is your greatest asset. Man, you're grateful for all the opportunities that you've been given. You're grateful for your team. Man, when's the last time your team realized how grateful you are for them? Man, even this podcast, man, this takes a team. It's not just about me just, man, getting up here and doing all this stuff, man. It takes an incredible team. People are putting together the sound and the ideas. People are sharing the information. People are running the social media and, and sending out the emails so that you can get it. Man, it's a team, man. It's all about the team. And he focuses on, man, I'm so grateful for my team. He said he was grateful that, that someone gave him a chance. Man, how many of you are like that? Man, you were given an opportunity, that first job. Maybe it's that first career opportunity that you were given. It was an opportunity to, to be an intern somewhere where you can learn how to do some things. But are you, have you been grateful for the opportunities that you've been given? Are you a leader that is even giving people a chance? Man, I love that. Are you giving others an opportunity? Which leads us to the second thing that he talked about was that he had people, Coach K, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, I believe coach. And I don't, I'm not a Duke fan, y'all. I'm not a Duke fan. Some of you either love or hate Duke. And a lot of that has to do with because they've been so successful. But the GOAT says, Coach K says that he is so grateful because he had people who believed in him, people who gave him an opportunity. Man, even when he fell down or fell flat, man, he, he felt like a failure when he took on when he took on leading the the, the United States team, the the U.S. Team USA. He said one of the first times they lost, and it was one of the worst days of his life because he feel he feel he felt like a failure. He felt like he'd he'd let down the team. He let down his country. But he had someone who said, you know what? We're going to get this right. And I believe you're the guy. I believe in you. He said he had presidents of his university. He had athletic directors who took a chance on him. Bob Knight, Bobby Knight, one of the greatest coaches also of all time, was his coach in, in college. And, and, and he even says, man, I believe in you. As a leader, man, you have been someone who has had people believe in you. My question to you is, are you believing in others? Are you giving people opportunities? Are you creating opportunities for others because you believe in them? Are you grateful for them? Second thing is, do you believe in people that you're leading? And the third thing, man, the, the, the third thing that stuck out to me that you're going to watch a clip of is he loves what he does. Man, you... Watch this. It's obviously hard to do anything for 40 years, let alone do it successful. And I wanted to ask you what you think it is about your coaching that's allowed you to be successful for such a long time. 
Well, uh, I've loved what I do. I think if you if you work at what you love, it's not work. You know, like yeah, I've never looked at it like, man, I got a bad job. I got a great job, and I think about it every day, all the time. And uh, but I haven't tried to. For me, it's fresh every year because I'm, I try to adapt what we do to the people that we have. You know, the level of improvement of the players coming back and the level of talent of the people that are coming in. Take a look at them during the summer and say, okay, I think this is the best thing based on what we would do as a staff. It keeps it incredibly interesting and so we play a, we've played a number of different styles sometimes most of the time that's worked pretty well sometimes it doesn't and then you adapt during the season and try to change it so you're not doing the same it's not an assembly line and you we've done it even more with uh, the last decade what's happened in college basketball with early entries and and uh, people leaving the 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 amount of mobility that, that is there for a player right right now in the last decade, and it's increased even more, which lends itself even, I think, more to do it this way. Yeah, but th- that's what I've enjoyed. I've done, I did that with the U.S. team, too. You think about 41 years, guys, 41 years of recruiting and leading these young men, leading a staff, changes in in how the game is done and how it's, how it's changed and shifted over the years. Man, there's so many things that go into being a great coach. But he said, as it all comes back to, he loved what he does. Are you, do you love what you do? I love this quote that he says each year, man, he felt like it was fresh. Every single year was fresh because it gave him an opportunity to adapt to change, to, to, to look at the people that he have and the people he gets to do it with. He, every year he would adapt to talent that he had, the giftings that he had, the chemistry that the teams had with each other. And, and honestly, a, a lot of times you think, man, as an organization that you might lead, or maybe it's your family, man, the trajectory, the, the wind doesn't change. Like, like for us, as, as a faith organization, the greatest win that we have as a faith organization is helping people to know God personally, which means that eternally, they'll end up in heaven. That, that heaven is a place that God created that was perfect. It's absolutely perfect where there's no pain or sickness or hurt or issues. And that we have an opportunity to introduce people to God, to have a personal relationship with them. That never changes. But man, how we do it, how we communicate it, it changes all the time. The people we get to work with, the talents and the giftings. I, I love what one pastor, another a leader in our sector said, man. He's like, man, I know what things God is calling us to do because of the people God sends us. Man, and so Coach K said that. He alluded to the fact that, man, they changed their offenses because of the, the personnel that they had, because of the guys, because of the guys that were on their team, or maybe the coaches they had. They they changed and they adapted. And 
It was fun. He, he loved it. He, he loved getting to pour into young people. I, I, I love what you do. That's the third leadership principle. Number one was to, man, be grateful for every, every opportunity. Number two, to realize that, that people have believed in you. You are where you are because people have believed in you. Now you have the opportunity to believe in someone else. And are you creating those opportunities for them? The number third thing is love what you do. Do you love what you do? Man, do you love getting to do what you do? I think that's, a, I think that's crucial for longevity and, and especially for success. Man, because if you're just doing it because you have to do it, man, it's, it's going to go nowhere. You're probably not going to have impact. You're probably not going to think about the people that are around you. You're just doing it to do it or maybe just to get paid. And, and honestly, money is a, it's a, it's a terrible motivation. Yeah, we all need it. But man, it doesn't fulfill us. And so figure out a way to do what you love. The fourth thing is finishing. He said this so quickly. I want you to watch this clip. It's not about having a run next year. It's about having a finish. Man, I, I love that. And so it was so quick, but he, he, right at the beginning of this interview, he said this to his, his, his athletic director, Coach K said, man, it's not about having a run. He, the, the athletic director said, man, we're going to hopefully have a run this year. Man, like as if the team would, would maybe throw together 10 wins in a row or maybe 15 wins in a row or maybe have a, have a good run. And I love what Coach K said. It was so quick, and yet it's such a powerful principle. He said, it's not about having a run. It's about a finish. And that's a mimic. I don't know if you know this or not, but that's a mimic of what Jesus said. Jesus said, it's not about the race that you run, but it's that you finish the race that you run. And if I have any encouragement for any leaders out there, it's, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And, and run the race as if to win. Know what the win is and know that you're in it for the long haul, that, that man, I have to take a look at our organization and say, man, we're going to do everything we can to take as many people with us to heaven. And we're going to make sure that we're focused on that. We're going to help people be pastored. They're gonna, we're going to help people deal with their issues and find some freedom. Man, that we can help train them in, 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 in ways that they don't even understand, that we believe in them. And we're going to give people opportunities to grow. And then we're going to give them the opportunity to make a difference with their life, which means they're helping to take others to heaven with them. They're helping others to be pastored and to be trained and, and mobilized as well, to be given other opportunities. But here's the deal. You got to know your win as a leader, but you also have to know that you're on a, 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 a your, your race that you're running is, is a long race. And, and so you could build, listen, you could build a great team or a, a great organization. And if, and if you, and you could do it and it could it last for a couple years and you could have great success, but could you have lasting success for 41 years? Like coach K has the goat and, and too many things. And too many times, listen to me. I think this is part of the challenge is when you try to get a run, when you try to just win a season, then you're not focused on the next season. You're not focused on longevity. You, you might make yourself look good as a leader for a year, 
but, but is it sustainable for the, the long haul? Which leads me to the, the fifth point, the fifth tip of this particular speech and interview that Coach K gave is it's all about succession. It's about succession. Man, whatever you do, whatever position you have, whatever leadership role you find yourself in, if there's not someone that you're raising up to be your successor, then you're not actually a leader. You're a doer. Leaders replicate. Leaders multiply. And so I love, I love what Coach K says, and we're going to show a couple clips in here to be, for, for you to be able to see it more clearly, and I'm going to come back to it. But, man, watch what he says about how he's investing in young people and what he hopes comes from them. In, in, in the service, you, you are constantly looking at succession. You know, it's not, one, whenever you go to a unit, you're taking over for somebody in command, and that person helps you in continuity, it's what it's called, continuity of excellence, and continuity of excellence has a lot to do with succession, in how you handle succession. And so, um, looking at this, really the implementation of the decision has a lot to do with succession, and the greater chance for continuity. And if you do not have anybody that can take command, you're in trouble. We do. It, we, we do. It's, it, it, and so that was one of the things I was concerned about. I don't want everything to end when I stop coaching. I want it to continue. And so, but the key word there is succession. And it's not done a lot. In the military, it's done all the time. Even with the U.S. team, uh, when I stopped in 2016, Jerry Colangelo and I met, and he said, you know, we're going to have to get another coach. You know, and I said, we'll do it sooner than later. And so in the fall, of that, this fall before that summer, Pop was named. And then he and I met, and he spent time with me in getting ready for Rio. I've spent time with him afterwards, and he's an Air Force guy, I'm an Army guy. We understood that, that that's the way you do it. So to me, it was plain as day that this is what we should, we, it is plain as day, that's what you do. I mean, I, I speak on leadership and all this stuff. I mean, succession is a key thing. Talk about the succession planning. Man, even talk, he goes back to the opportunities that he's been given. He went back to his days at West Point and he said, man, at West Point and in the armed services and the Army, Navy, all these things, man, it's all about leadership and it's all about character development. And man, one of the biggest things is it's always, it's who's the next person up? Who can fill the role next? Who can, who can take over and lead next? It's always about succession. And so for you as a leader, I want you to consider this. Man, and it doesn't matter whether you're at the top of an organization or you're a mid-level manager or maybe you're a coach or maybe you're a small group leader, whatever it is, what's your succession look like? Are you multiplying what you're building? And, and I would ask this question for you to think about it. If, if, if you don't have succession, then really what you're building is more about you 
then it is about the impact you want to make. Let me say that again. A leader wants things to succeed for the long haul. So, so let me give you an example. If, if I want New Life Church to be a great church, man, I want New Life Church to be great whether I'm here as the pastor or not. And so, man, I got to own my season, but I also got to think about succession. And now here's the deal. I hope I don't go anywhere at New Life Church for decades. But man, if, if, if we're not prepared to hand this off, this is not the Dan Smith Church. This is Jesus's church. This is New Life Church. And so if, if I'm not helping people to see the vision, to, to come alongside of it, to grow it and to build it, to own it, then I don't have a succession plan. The same thing as I do as a, as a life group leader. Man, if, if I have a great life group and it only lasts for one semester because I let it, then is it a great succession plan? Think about that for a second. I mean, think about as a leader, man, we want things to succeed and, and, and have impact far beyond our time in that particular role and in our particular season leading it. So who are you pouring into to succeed you? Who are you giving opportunities to? Are you grateful for all of the opportunities you've been given? You've had people believe in you. Are you believing in others? Are you saying, man, here's a great opportunity for you to seize and to grow? Man, I love it. Do you love what you do? I do. I love what I do. I, I love what I get to do. I, this is, this is a, 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 a privilege for me to be able to lead and, and to lead a faith organization, to, to pour into people's lives, to help, help them to grow, to know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose that God's given to them. And then to mobilize them by making a difference with their lives. It's saying, man, I believe in you. And that we're going to finish. We're going to, man, I hope to finish at the end of my life. And, and here's the deal. As a Christian, we see this at the end. When we enter heaven, when we go to heaven, here's what's going to be said. Here's what we want to hear from God himself. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Man, I gave you these opportunities. You seized them. You made a difference. Well done. But it's not just about having a run. It's about how we're going to finish. It's not how we start, but it's how we finish. So we got to run the race as if to win and to finish strong. And then to hand it off to, to our successor, to be raising them up. To be, to be develop, developing them and giving them opportunities. So, I mean, I hope you found this insightful, man. Go watch that speech in its entirety, the interview. It was absolutely incredible. Coach Shashevsky, Duke University basketball, Team USA, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Coach K. Five leadership lessons from Coach K. I hope you found this insightful. I hope it will help you to grow. I hope it helps you to be a better leader because of these tips that you're going to take and apply. Man, subscribe wherever you digest this content. Man, share it with a friend. I'd love to hear your feedback. Man, if you have questions or maybe you're like, man, how can, man, how can I apply this particular tip? We'd love to dive into that conversation with you. 
man, I know that after I watched it, I'm like, man, how am I gonna apply this stuff to my own leadership and to my own context? So let's have a conversation about it. Share with us what you like, what you didn't like. Man, let's have a conversation together. Share it with a friend if you think it's helpful. And here's the deal. None of us are perfect. We're all in process. Man, Coach K was in process. He still is. So never stop learning. Never stop growing. And keep leaning in.